Hi, I'm Joel Ingram. I'm Luke Davis. And I'm Jeremiah Ginn. And this is The Gays! The show where we talk about everything from politics to pop culture to... Perspicacity. What's that? a definition please the definition is can you use it in a word <laughs> a sentence i think you meant oh yeah oh. <laughs> that's what i meant <laughs> this drink could is you use that in a word it is a noun <laughs> it's like the it's like a shrewdness if you will perspicacity perspicacity can you use it in a sentence though uh the, i just know it from a musical is it what musical anyone can whistle She's like, I love your how you say your symphysm perspicacity. <laughs> this reminds me of uh, one of my good friends from high school. Uh, we don't talk anymore, uh, like Charlie Puth said. Uh, oh. But she was listening to the theme song of, my, of That's So Raven. Um, and she was like, so what's so mysterious? Fu- exactly. She goes, <laughs> she goes, what's future Roggenzy? The I future like, I can see. Oh, I know. And she goes, what's future Roggenzy? And I was like, <laughs> it's the future I can see. Stop. And she was like, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love misheard, misheard lyrics. It's there a, was it, another it's a, it's a shame I don't talk to her anymore. But, There's so but many it's not misheard lyrics. Uh, That's a good one. Perspicacity, everyone. Oh, Put yeah, that I, in I your... can't wait to look that up. And it'll be like, person sassity. <laughs> it's like, person sasses me. <laughs> Because that sounds like a Sondheim lyric right there. I mean. Well, uh, as you listen, as you keen listeners at home have noticed, we have our our newest guest co-host, Jeremiah again. Why don't Hello. you tell us about yourself, Jeremiah? Uh, hi, I'm Jeremiah again. I'm a Virgo. I like long walks on the beach, and I'm very single. <laughs> he likes short walks along the beach, but he's still very single. Um, <laughs> and how dare you bring that Virgo bullshit in here? Why don't you tell us about your real star charts? Oh, true. so this is you know piggybacking on last week's <laughs> and the weeks prior. I thought I felt happy. I I have been rewatching and by rewatching I mean watching for the first time all the way through Sex in the City. Oh, yes. I, know that part I know I'm a bad gay. I have never watched the whole thing. There's I've no seen judgment. bits and pieces. No I'm judgment. on season 4. Anyway, I am a Miranda for sure. And especially the last <laughs> episode I just watched on my way here, everybody in the episode is like in relationships having sex except for Miranda. <laughs> Which is also very true. Um, or at least Same. it feels that way. Um, not on this podcast. Not, not a, <laughs> none of us are having any either. Okay. okay. Well, maybe you. <laughs> I don't know what your relationship is like. You well, do. We, are, we are three years in. <laughs> it's true. No, but like literally everyone's like getting some, trying new things. And Miranda has sworn off sex and is having like a sexual relationship <laughs> with chocolate cake. So and it gets to the point where she literally eats the cake out of the trash can, and oh, I was like, yes. I have never, <laughs> I never identified more with a character. So we are we are Miranda for sure, <laughs> rising Charlotte, yes, because of the Mormon background mm-hmm. and a mooning Samantha, a mooning, <laughs> a mooning Samantha, a mooning which is Samantha, a fitting <laughs> sentence. I don't think that's how you say it, but it's, I'm gonna go you know with what? it. It's your exactly. moon. Well, it's I, just I, your that's moon. a great segue to our cocktail. <laughs> Which is the greedy son of a bitch. Uh, It just felt fitting for uh, this week. Everything this week. Uh, uh, In this podcast today, we're going to talk about GameStop, 
which I know all of you have been listening to the gays for our stock tips. So here we are. Wow. <laughs> We're probably going to answer that question for you. <laughs> what are those hedges? Exactly. <laughs> what it is. And they got hedges around their house. Um, we're going to talk about uh, so a little bit of politics, obviously, and lots of other things. But of course, we are a low-key drag race recap podcast. So we're going to get to that too. <laughs> We I think sadly... that's I think that's the area we're going into, exactly. I'm, and I'm fine with it. I'm and it's honestly it. the only reason that I listen to this every week. <laughs> wow! Just kidding. It's because I love you guys and you're my friends. Thanks Here for we having are. me. We actually brought them on for glowing recommendations of this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you want a good podcast, there's this great one called The Daily. <laughs> But Jeremiah doesn't listen to it because he doesn't I'm, know what the news is. No. Uh, um, I'm going to spend the entire time just plugging all the other podcasts that people should be listening to. Well, it's not your first time with plugs, is it? It is. <laughs> I've never owned one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I meant hair plugs. Um, <gasps> wow. How dare you. I pay good money for this hair. Oh, my God. But really? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. It's it's not, I mean, it's my hair. They are not it's plugs. Fantastic. It is my hair. So, <laughs> so uh, also, happy I would have never month. known. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> it is by the time this podcast comes out. As always, we're recording on, on Saturday, but yes. it is as of today, it's February 1st. Yes. Uh, so happy Black History Month. Please um, take the time to to celebrate it. Like learn something. Look something up. Like Read a this, new book. You know, uh, American history is black history. Yes. You know, world history is black history. On that note, there is an Instagram account on on Instagram on Instagram <laughs> anti <What? laughs> anti racism daily. Um, they're doing a special virtual exhibition where they will email you if you sign up for f- it's free. It's all free. So you sign up through your email, and each day you'll receive one work, um, song, book, artwork, movie, artifact in your email. Um, that ex that uh, reflects the voices of black LGBT leaders and black leaders with disabilities. Um, Oh, it's amazing. So sign up for it. It's super easy. Wait, so what is Um, the Instagram handle so we can look this up? So it's anti-racism daily. And then the email is, uh, you go onto their website. It's 28daysofblackhistory.com. That's That's great. And you just type in your email. I signed it up for today. You'll get your first email on February 1st, which do it now so you'll get it. Today. And I love that. Get it every if you day. stay signed up, yeah. you ain't got to get signed up. Exactly. exactly. No, I'm, I'm going to sign up. I think it's important, you know, every month of the year, not just to, you know, say, it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm not a racist person. We have to be anti racist. We a need to amplify thing, black yeah. voices, especially those of the LGBTQ community, because those are the voices that I feel like are getting shut out the most. Absolutely. Well, and then Absolutely. I, on top of that, um, because the two topics are so intertwined with civil rights and the LGBT movement. There's it's such an integral. They're two integral systems. Yes. That like if like they're, they just go together. So as I teased before, uh, <laughs> you're finally getting your wish. We're going to talk the stock market. <laughs> Money. From three stock market insider experts. The moguls of the games pod. <laughs> are here to tell you all you want to know. I would like you to know I have zero investments. <laughs> Same. Same. I know in my very life. little. I'm still waiting for somebody to invest in me. I'm not invested in anything. <laughs> Truly, that's a very Sex in the City kind of moment. Like, as everyone was investing in GameStop this week, I thought, 
Who's going to invest in me? I wonder. I wonder. I couldn't help but wonder. Couldn't help but wonder. There it is. Sorry, I ruined it. Who's going to invest your mom? Who's going to invest in me? <laughs> my mom is investing in me. She loves me very much. Oh, my mom too. She's, but don't yeah. tell her he's doing this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just going to try not to say any swear words because if she listens to it and she hears me swearing, she's not going to be happy. So, GameStop. GameStop. Um, who's invested? Who has. Who wants to explain it? Do I have to explain it? I. I can kind of explain it. Somebody, I mean, the easy music for it. those musical theater queens out there, it's kind of like the producers. You know, they, they can make more, more money with a flop than with a hit. Exactly. And so these hedge fund billionaires will sometimes put all their bets against a stock. And they'll use their resources to go on TV and be like, you know, I heard GameStop is not going to do very well soon. And so they use all this stuff to, like, make another stock fail in order to boost their stocks. So... But the reason they're on the hook for it is they do a thing called shorting. Yes. So shorting is essentially, just like what Jeremiah said, uh, they think it's going to... They think the price is going to go down, so they, they short and they borrow a stock from a person who owns a stock. And with, with the promise that they, they are going to sell it back to them or give it back to them with the money they bought it from. So they get it. Again, we're not moguls. So if this is all wrong, don't. <laughs> don't it's still confusing Don't me. take any stock <laughs> tips or really any life advice from us. No, like, please don't. Do so at your own risk. Um, so they borrow the stock knowing they have to pay it back at that borrowed price with interest. So they do it thinking it'll all go down. Then they can buy up multiple. They sell the one back and make a profit because they made all this money off of it, right? Except for now this group on Reddit called um, uh, Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets, yes. Yeah. They decided, because as people on Reddit do, they have a semi-ironic love for GameStop. They want to see GameStop succeed. Well, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, LOL, because you can download games now. Like, who goes to GameStop at the mall anymore? But do you remember, like, being a teenager, if you were of a certain age, and, like, going to the mall was awesome, and going to GameStop was awesome? I'll be honest. Alfredo still wants to go to GameStop. I? Because he, Alfredo's a big gamer. Um, He, and you all know Alfredo, uh, my boyfriend, and also uh, uh, regular uh, guest co-host. He wants to buy games from GameStop so he can just uh, return them if he doesn't like them and sell games back. Because if, if you buy a hard copy mm-hmm. game, you can sell it back. Yeah. So um, essentially this Reddit group, who, who I, like I said, have a semi-ironic love for GameStop, want to see it do well. And that combined with several other uh, outside entities, mm-hmm. like the fact that the major, the, 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 the founder, I think, of Chewy, the, the, dog, the dog and cat, the pet mm-hmm. website. Yeah. Website. He and two other coworkers from Chewy bought a, a decent amount of oh. stock in GameStop and got seated on the board. Piece and the they're like tech know. billionaires. Okay. So now they're sitting on the board of GameStop. Also in the gaming world, um, the PS5 has just recently come out. And there's a new Microsoft gaming system, like the Xbox. Yeah. Liberty Jibity is coming out. Um, that's the working title. Um, and so the fact that people are go- people, you can't download game systems. You have to go to a store and buy one. Yes. And odds are good they'll go to GameStop because they have like reward programs or whatever. So GameStop is likely to come into income with this. Uh, and then combine that with these, this Reddit thread of people like who a joke grassroots about, movement. Like they let's start buying up all this buy up all this stock in GameStop. And Game- so yeah. with that, they have the Chewy owner who's not selling his stock. They have a, uh, the majority of the stock hold of GameStop is owned by two 
major stock companies that aren't really buying and trading. They just hold on to the stock. So the 70 million available stocks for GameStop, it's really only, it's not 70 million. It's more like 30 billion or or, or 40 million. Uh, And that's a real scarcity of stocks. So these, these bros who have borrowed or shorted these stocks, there's not stocks to buy to sell back. And the price keeps going up and up and up because the Reddit folks are investing in it to make the price go up and up and up. So it's really essentially screwed these hedge fund million and billionaires. Oh, absolutely. They've had to borrow billions of dollars to stay afloat. Billions. So the gag of all this is that Robinhood, which is an app that is supposed to democratize, you know, the stock market for everyday people, suddenly started blocking everyday people from being able to invest in GameStop, etc. Well, because Robinhood's free. Yes, Robin. And a lot free. of times, to, in it, being able to trade is is a very expensive. It's you, an insider yeah, thing. It, it's not. It's not like uh, you don't go to uh, the. You don't. Hello, uh, Uber. Take me to the stock market. I'd like to pick up some GameStop shares. <laughs> yeah. You have to sort of have a trader doing these things on behalf of you, and they take a percentage. So for the everyday Joe Blow to invest, Robin was a was a big essentially destination app because you didn't have to pay to do it. And so once all these people started losing their money, like you said, Robinhood blocked that. And it's just, it's essentially, they are doing what they accuse these hedge fund bros of doing, which is manipulating the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. they are now kind of on, you know, on call for, for pulling this stunt. And it's just been a, it's, it is a fascinating story because it's a fascinating story about, I think it's a political story. I think it's a coronavirus story. I think it's a story about America and like, the hate for like the wealthy the billionaire wealthy, class, like they want them to eat the rich. Yeah, they eat the rich. It's it's a fascinating story. I don't know much about the stock market, but like I have been devouring. Speaking of eating the rich, just devouring like this story this week because it is just so interesting to see kind of the everyday man pull a stunt and see these rich hedge fund bros be like, well, they can't do that, and they're like, why not? Because we're not rich. Like these people have done exactly what the hedge fund billionaires have done for years. They've caught them at their game, and now those guys are mad that they're being caught at their own game. Which leads me to the yeah. question I want to ask. And we can all go around in a circle yeah. if we want. Um, who's in the wrong? Luke? I, to be quite honest, I don't... S- Wait, wrong in like what way? Wrong in the way of like the definition of wrong. Here's <laughs> um, of right. Because I always feel like the stock market is such a gambling thing anyway, so I'm like, I'm not even going to like... I don't I don't invest. So I'm like, I'm not even going to be a part of it. But I think it's great that people are like, you know what? Let's fuck some people over. And like, they're doing it. And I'm like, yeah, like, because people, the people that work in the stock market, they want to say how hard their job is. And it's like, no, you're just sitting over here betting all day. Hard and risky are two Right, things. exactly. Like, it's like two totally different things. So the fact that you're making all this money just because you're being risky... Like it's I not would, hard work. Yeah. It's like it, a job can't be hard and risky. Exactly. <laughs> but like if you're working in the coal mine, that's hard and, and risky. risky. And risky. <laughs> but Which coal is a whole other That's a whole other topic. It's just a like I don't know. It's really showing the disparity of within our country of like hard work and ris- risky work and like all and I think, you know what? It's time to put some people in their place. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. Jonah. I think that in a way, though, everybody's kind of on the hook here. I mean, oh, there yeah. are like the kind of everyday people 
who are kind of like cheating the system, not cheating the system, but like making the system well, it's work not cheating. for them. It's, it's not, not cheating. It's, yeah. it's, it's manipulating the system. Yeah. They're using the system how it has been years. set up. Exactly. But I mean, if you look at like, what is the, the, you know, purpose here, like their motives are like, you know, kind of greed centered as well. I also, I also don't know how, how long this is going to last. It's really yeah. just, we're going to have to see like when the floor falls out on all this. But at the same time, like these hedge fund people, are definitely on the hook for playing this game of like shorting these other companies. They're being exposed at their own game and they don't like it. And they're trying to change the rules saying like, like it's fine when they do it, but like when a normal person does it, suddenly we have to get like committees and we have to get all this stuff involved. And it just, it's showing the hypocrisy of that world as well. So I don't know that there really is like a good guy and bad guy in the situation. I think everyone is kind of a little bit at fault, but definitely like, eat the rich here like i'm kind of glad that they're being caught at their own game i am too See, okay so i'll say uh, i i do I, I fully agree with what you said i do want to push back on a little bit i don't see it as much as like a eat the rich sort of situation i think it's more like a, what's good for the goose is what's good for the gander yes uh and like it, as much as as there is animosity towards rich people which i fully understand i think it's more like you made the rules so it's time you play by them. Exactly. If you're not even that you're going to play by stock, them, but like we're going to play exactly. by them. So if you're going to you get mad game, about you, it, you set, you the, set the rules. You set the ground rules. And now I'm going to play this game. If you're upset by it, then I better never see you shorting a stock again. I better never see you try to manipulate a market because this is what you do all day. Maybe yes. just because I'm not sitting in an office, just because I'm hanging out on Reddit yeah. and I'm also going to my, you know, whatever else job that you would look down on. You know, I'm your waiter that you're stiffing at the end of the night because you're an asshole. I can play the stocks too. And that's what sort of what Luke said. It's like, oh, my job's so hard. Their job is not hard. It's not hard. Their no. job is risky. Yes. And if you want to have a quote unquote risky job, guess what that means? There's risk Sometimes those risks aren't going to be in your favor. Outcomes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so and, childish. And I mean, what it... sucks though, sorry, I'm going to say this. No. What sucks though is it does end up leading to more, like, because the government. Uh, big G, you know, capital G government TM, the government <laughs> relies so heavily on what um, the stock market's doing as the impetus for what the country is. It it could bleed into other like issues with the stock market, yes. which I mean, like we already established, we are not like, you know, Wall Street <laughs> stock traders. So I don't, you know, but I don't know what you're talking about, bro. It, I know it's very fucking, you know. Um, yes, but how much is the stock market a barometer for the for the American economy in real, well, for, in real that's a different life. question. Do you know what that's, I mean? That is a very uh, different stock question market as a barometer for American people. Right. It's not, it's not stock market for the quote unquote economy. It's huge. I mean, but they think, it like, Oh, the stock's doing great. People can invest and, and jobs can hire people. That's what they think. And then if the stock crashes down, they're like fire everyone. The world's ending Yeah, <laughs> because it's all these big, big, big folks putting all their money into it. And that's why there needs to be way more regulation about what's oh, happening there. Way more protections and, and rules. Like there, it, it's sort of the wild West. And that's what this has sort of shown. It shows that any motherfucker with a Reddit account can show up and fuck with the stock market. And they don't like that. Well, Even though they market. fuck with the stock market every day. Yeah. And that's what this is sort of exposed. And so I can't remember if you said it fully or not, but Robin Hood, the free app, banned all the Yeah, the they banned people from it. being able to buy those stocks, saying that they're like, oh, we're monitoring the situation. But like, the truth of the matter is that they're funded by Citadel and I can't remember the name of the other, they're, yeah, they're the other thing, but it's like, rich. oh, we see who they kowtow to in when the shit hits the fan. Is it the people that they say that they're democratizing the stock market for, or is it for the billionaires? And they've clearly, in this moment, 
chosen the billionaires and well, it just again it's like it's childish and it's hypocritical and then and- these hedge funds that are having it bailed out by other hedge funds when i'm like no baby maybe you shouldn't have bought so much avocado toast you know like <laughs> they're struggling that's, that's let's give them everywhere. a 600 like, check. sorry you expect all of us to have like what a year's worth of savings when you're not tipping your waiters but then yeah. also one bad day of trading and, and you have to be bailed out that's what that's what the eat the rich comes from like you said yeah that's what the what the fuck are you doing up there comes from. Yeah. I love that meme where it's like, oh, they're in trouble. Maybe we should give them a $600 stimulus check. That'll help. That'll fix it all. That'll fix, That'll it. fix everything. It'll at least get them through winter. They can, they oh, can at sure. least pay rent with that. Oh, for sure. Right? <laughs> Jeez. So let's get into some political talk. Uh, do you want to talk filibuster? Sure, Mr. Phil Abuster. Let's explain this. <laughs> Please on the stage, Phil A. Buster. Uh, <laughs> he's related Phil. to Dave and Buster. Uh, so the filibuster essentially is a, a antiquated rule. Uh, there used to be one little known fact in the House as well, but they voted to get rid of it. So essentially, oh. uh, when a bill comes up to play, you have to debate. Uh, and the filibuster is essentially saying that before you vote on it, you have to have 60 senators say, we're done debating it. Let's vote on it. Because it's so kind of even a if a majority about. of people, yeah. even if you have, you know, the majority of, sen- of the Senate wants to pass a bill, they still have to get a larger majority to say they're done debating. So the minority essentially has decided in recent years that uh, they can just stop a bill from happening by just not allowing it to be voted on because they won't ever end the filibuster. The, d- the debate, which is the filibuster. And in previous, if you ever saw uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Which I was actually going to watch this weekend. <laughs> the filibuster used movie. to be, so you'd have to go and stand on the Senate floor and talk. And qu- really debate, but just talk uh, without taking breaks in order to get it never to a vote. But in years previous, they just got rid of that. And it really was a relic of uh, essentially the Old South. And Jim they used Crow. it to... To not um, let the Civil Rights Act pass. I mean, let's be honest. Strom Thurmond, is that right? Yeah. Throughout history, the filibuster has been used to stop progress and change. When you look at it, I mean, yes, there is a racist past to it. But beyond that as well, any time that there is, you know, change coming or that there is more, what's the word? Progression. Progression. Thank you. So, but when you look at it, the filibuster has been used throughout history to stop progression, to stop change. Beyond its racist past, anytime there is progressive issues that come up, the filibuster has been filibuster, Mr. Filibuster <laughs> has been used to halt progression. It's to keep the it's to keep the status quo. Yes, yeah. to keep the status quo. And I think it's something like now like the minority party can essentially with 41 votes kind of kill a bill altogether, which is how a lot of times minority mm-hmm. rule in this country has dictated the policy well and there's well so right now in the senate there's a 50 50 split with obviously 51 being uh kamala harris the tiebreaker as vice president as the president of the senate but there is a 50 50 split between democrats and republicans except for the democrat half of the senate represents over 40 million more people yeah Yeah. insane than the the other to the republicans 40 million more people are represented by these 50 people and yet we're letting that minority say what can and can't happen all in the name of consensus but the issue is and unity in the unquote. 90s i read a great book it's called um red versus blue um yet again i never remember the author's name i'll look it up 
but it was essentially the history of leading to stalemate in Congress. Yeah. And it all happened because in the, in the late 90s or in the early 90s, um, they realized obstruction was way easier than consensus. And it scored them points because people would be like, oh, good for them. You know, they're not. It was like Newt Gingrich essentially started it. Um, and so now that's why everything's a stalemate. That's why progress never happens. Yep. You know, and yet they're always like, oh, we're using all these executive orders. It's because we can't get things through Congress. And that's because they don't want to give a win to the other team. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be about red versus blue. It shouldn't be about, it's like two sports teams. Like, why don't we all work together to do what's right? And the thing is, I don't, th- people in good faith aren't going to do it. No. And I think, you know, so the question is to us, would you, are you for or against ending the filibuster? Luke? I'm, I'm, I say we kill it. I yeah. say we, because that, because they don't even have to be on the floor now to filibuster. And what was it? Ted Cruz a couple of years ago was reading green eggs and ham. I'm like, that has like, you're not even debating the topic. You're not even giving anything of what you want to like. You're just delaying. You're not putting forth your reasons of why you don't want to support what needs to go through. Like there's, there's no act of like actually putting forth the effort to, to say why you're against it. But I mean, there are examples of where the filibuster has come in our favor for progress to yeah, fight both, for things both parties so, have used it to their advantage but and the republicans the have used it astronomically oh, egregiously to just in recent kill years. everything yeah. so yes i say it's time to go we as the democrats will take the hit of like the few times that we use it to actually progress something but now that we have control of the senate and the house and the executive branch we got to get shit done like kill it let's move forward let's make change Part of me, you know, because we're, we have this new administration that is wanting to be unified and in the sake of unity, it's like part of me wants there to be as much of an olive branch as possible from the Democrats to be like, look, this is what we want to do. Are you with us? And let these Republicans obstruct what Americas are by polls very favorably for, for, yeah. for the you know, coronavirus response for all these things. And then after a year, while we still have time, then let's just get rid of the filibuster and be like, you know. They're not working with us, so let's just move on from this. But, yeah. like, maybe we need to extend the olive branch. I don't know. I personally think that we should just get rid of it. It's Both parties have abused it. I think it's something that we shouldn't be abusing anymore. It was not there in the original founding. So, Joel, what do you well, think? Filibuster, yay, nay. First of all, Megan. Thank God for Megan. Uh, she alerted me. I was still stuck in the GameStop conversation. Uh, Red versus Blue is a gaming book, oh. uh, which I have not read. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's about like Halo or something. Whatever. Uh, I was talking about The Red and the Blue, the 1990s and the birth of political tribalism by Steve Kornacki. It does seem very um, wonky like to be like, oh, you read this book, but it's so good. But and it's by America's on- boyfriend, Steve Kornacki. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, those that gay khaki, gasp when I said it. those khaki pants Ugh. just do something for and me. And those glasses. The book's fantastic. Ugh. It really does track sort of everything from even before the '90s, though. It leads you to the '90s. What happened in the '90s, uh, and then into it, it. Basically, ends at the 2016 election. Interesting. Um, and it, it taught me a lot. But <sighs> it taught me a lot. It didn't taught me. It didn't teach me the name of the book, but no. it taught me a lot. Uh, so titles are yeah, hard. Yeah. Titles are hard. It's, it's true. <laughs> um, but it, essentially, I think I am down for killing the filibuster. I think you you wait until you have to, though. Like, 
when oh, yes. Mitch McConnell essentially uh, tried to get the Democrats to say, oh, we will never do that. Fuck you. We'll do it if we need to do that. Right. If you play ball, if you come in good faith and debate with us, yes. then we won't have to. We're all about trying to make this thing work. But if, you know, a bunch of kids get mowed down with another uh, AR-15 15. and you won't vote on gun control, then guess what? Get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. If we are showing up asking you to help us give money and vaccines to the little person who had never heard of shorting stocks and you won't come to the table and play ball, then we'll get rid of the filibuster. Don't ask. And that's what the thing was. They wanted the Democrats to swear not to get rid of the filibuster before it came up because they were blocking something that was, was bad. If they say, we'll promise you won't do it now. And then later on the gunfight comes up, the, the coronavirus comes up, the, the medical care comes up uh, and they don't want equal voting rights. Exactly. All of that. All of these things that are, are wildly popular. You know, what's wildly popular in this country, raising minimum wage. Yep. It's over 50%. A lot of people want universal background checks. There's a lot of people out there who want sensible reform and progression. That isn't this crazy left or right shit. No, but it won't get passed because of the filibuster. So yeah, I would say, fuck you. If you won't come to the table and have a real conversation with us about these things, and you're not trying to play partisan political games because you are worried about 2022, mm-hmm. instead of worrying about 2022 and your own job, you, then you're not doing dinosaur your, not, a motherfucker. <laughs> go if you lose, Mitch. If you lose, go home. But, you have plenty of money. But that's, let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> go home. If you want to help the American people, then show up and help the American people. Mm-hmm. If stop worrying about the next election cycle and start worrying about the actual people in this fucking country. Yeah. And then you won't have to worry about the filibuster. Exactly. Well, and that that's what I was going to say. If you're having to worry about your job two years from now, you're not doing your job now. Yes, you're not, you're, queen. You're not doing it. Like, you are there to serve the American people. Serve us now. Now. Well, and these Republicans <laughs> like, are so worried about primaries from the right because of Donald Trump. You know what would stop that? You guys getting your asses together and trying to help the country. If mm-hmm. everyone's talking about, oh, wow, Senate's really working well together. Oh, wow. So much reform's happening. Oh, wow. We're actually beating back coronavirus and small businesses are growing and people are getting their jobs back. They're not going to give a shit anymore about what that toad in, in sorry. I Mar-a-Lago. I know it's very confusing. There's lots of toads. There's lots of toads. <laughs> but I meant specifically that orange toad that lives in Florida now. No one's going to give a shit what he's saying about. Exactly. If you're doing the work and, and the country's actually starting to succeed again, then you don't have to worry about primaries from the right because people won't be so upset with a stalemate in Congress. Yeah. yeah. And before we move on from filibuster, I feel like it's something that we need to get rid of. If, if it's going to be gotten rid of, it needs to be gotten rid of now before it's being gotten rid of around a testy subject in the yes. nation. If we're having to have a vote on gun control, if we're having to have a vote on ABCD, and the filibuster's involved, then it's like, oh, well, they just want to get rid of the filibuster because they want to get this thing passed. If we get rid of it now, <laughs> like, let's get rid of it now while there's no issue wrapped around it. See, I disagree. I think, I think if the, fil- the filibuster essentially, what Republicans and some Democrats say, is the filibuster is in place for consensus and working together. Yeah. I'm all for consensus. I'm all for working together. But if it shows up and it is an issue that everyone agrees on except for senators, if we all agree, if the country as a whole, if the majority of the country agrees that this needs to happen, like we do with uh, coronavirus relief, and the Republicans show up and say, no, we're not doing that, then that should be say, you know what? We didn't want to do this, but you forced us to do this. You guys are getting rid of the filibuster. 
We're voting it because you clearly won't in good faith do your fucking job and let us vote on these things. So guess who got rid of the filibuster? Not us, you guys. You were hoist by your own petard. You guys are forcing us to do this. So that's, I disagree. I think if you do it now, it seems like you're like, fuck what they say. We're going to vote everything through. If we wait until there's a situation where they are no longer playing ball, they're no longer doing their jobs, then it's, it's them who did it, not us. Yeah. But you guys at home, uh, find us on social media. You let us know what you think of the filibuster. Let us know if you think maybe bipartisan uh, work can be done. Do you think the filibuster is doing its job? Has it been doing its job? We'd love to hear. But the... We can't we can't get rid of it because two Democrats have already said that they don't want to. Yeah, like they said that they would already vote to not get rid of it. But, you know, that might change a little bit if. It, like, uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, as time goes on and we're really wanting to get things through, they might be like, you know what? It is time to get rid of also, it. Also, those people are stupid so. for doing that. Like, I, I just shut your mouth and be like, you know what? I just, don't want to get rid of it. But if it has to happen because they won't yes. work with us, then it has to happen. Also, that's what you say. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fucking senator, and I know that much. Don't ever take anything off the table. That just limits you. You say, you know what? I agree with you. We shouldn't get rid of it. But if it comes to this, if push comes to shove, and you force us to, that's what will have to happen. Like, you're already saying to them, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I will never do this. And you're, you're taking the bullets out of your own gun. I just want them to fall in line. I just want the Democrats to all just get in line for once. Like the Republicans. That's what I said. Can we like just get in line? Here's the thing. Those the I feel like the Republican Party in the last couple of years, especially, has played so dirty when they have power. And like when the Democrats finally get some modicum of power, because yes, it is a 50-50 split. They can't just get away with anything. It's like we have some power now. Like I'm not advocating plating dirty, but like, let's use the power we have. And we're just yeah. lily dipping around. That's a kayaking reference. <laughs> lily, lily dipping. dipping. I was Where just you like barely ask. put your like oar into the water. We're just lily dipping around. It's like, we're barely <laughs> putting the oar in the water. We're not making any movement. And speaking <laughs> of lily, lily dipping. <laughs> speaking of lily. When was the last time you were lily dipped is my question. Your mom. It's been a while. <laughs> Sorry. Aunt <laughs> Pam. That was, that was my 90s rock. Um, Speaking of lily dipping and idiot, you know, senators and everything, let's talk about the idiots who basically killed the impeachment. Uh, it's very, I feel like. Um, <laughs> that was a heavy sigh from yeah. Luke. I've been watching the news. Too much. It, and we know this because my phone is blown <laughs> up every day before noon with like news stories. Did you well, see to be this fair, on Luke CNN? has a super inside source that he gets all his push notifications first. Uh, oh, somehow no, we, I do. Oh no, we're all getting at the same time. Oh, okay, never mind. We literally all get the push notification from the New York Times saying something, and Luke will text us right after saying the exact headline. Like, sometimes and- it feels useful to be like, hey, did you guys see the story? <laughs> and not like this is happening. Listen, and we all were like, we just we know, saw the push notification. I'm sorry. <laughs> or I just, or worse, s- even worse, he'll be like, this. I can't believe it. I'm like, I read that article literal three days ago. Three days ago. I just, I'm just, I'm getting more information now than I have ever had. And I'm proud of you. In Here's, my American history. And I'm, it's, I'm fascinated. We lo- you know, listen, <laughs> I we, support it. We stand being informed, okay? As the kids would say. <laughs> Heidi taught me that. But, um, Maybe here's this is a good resolution. <laughs> the Chinese New Year is upcoming. Um, don't share the the don't share the article directly from the, the push source. notification. Copy link. Okay. Instead of yeah, so so click copy link. Go to the thread. 
look around. <laughs> look around, look around. We're going to talk about Drag Race in a little bit, but read the room. <laughs> Candy. And then send the link. You know, yeah. like, is this, a, is this a thing that this should happen right now? Because if you notice, when I share a link, I'm like, did you guys see this? Am I crazy? Am I behind? Just useful. And I think this is all useful information for all of you out there. There's an, in the group chats. Yes, Just, you know, chats. read the group chat room. <laughs> we love you, Luke. So impeachment, it's upcoming. I think it's very um, controversial. Well, the trial. He's been impeached. He's yes, been that, impeached. Is, that is true. He's, he is he, 50% impeached. of American impeachments are of Donald Trump. Um, and Presidential impeachments. Just want to clarify. Yes, 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 yes. Again, yet again. <laughs> there have been other impeachments. No, but... <laughs> You know what? Also, read the room before you share your vocal links, too. <laughs> um, so uh, before the trial could start, um, the Senate voted on the constitutionality of, impe- of impeaching a president who's no longer such in bullshit. Surprise, office. surprise. Um, sadly, only five Republican senators joined the entirety of the Democratic Senate to vote 55 to 45 that it is um, constitutional to impeach a uh, president who's no longer in office, which, which essentially there is, means which, conviction but, is going to be dead on arrival. Yes, essentially. Necessarily. But there is, but I just want to say there is, um, there is precedent for a president to be impeached after he's out of office. Um, we could really, do we want to get into the nitty gritty of this? I did mm. bring it up. I mean, I mean, no, it's like, I, here's the thing. That rump with the T, I don't want to talk about him anymore. He doesn't have a Twitter account that we have to listen to anymore. Thank God. But the Gaze Pod does. Find us at the Gaze Pod <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook. So what I say is, you know, here's news. It happened. We know it's going to be happening in the future. I say we keep focusing on what's happening, you know, going forward with the world. That's what I say. <laughs> A hometown story for me and Luke. Uh, there, yeah, this one. Uh, Luke, actually, we just took this. It is ridiculous. So Chloe, I'm, I'm. They gave her last name, but I'm just gonna give her first. Chloe, she's eight years old in the second grade. She goes in to, Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, Owasso, Oklahoma, attends Rejoice Christian School, where she told somebody in her class that she had a crush on her she's a second grader second grader at eight she years, told another girl yes told another girl that she had a crush on her which could mean anything from like i enjoy hanging out with you like at the playground like any of that like want to crush her skull in at in the second grade <laughs> that's what i meant when i said whoa but so she was pulled from recess the principal basically told her that only a man and woman can have a child together and then was Kicked out of school, or uh, what is the word? Expelled. Expelled from school, along with her five-year-old brother. And they told her mother, uh, Delaney, that your beliefs don't align with the schools. So that's why both of their kids have been expelled. It's just sad. It makes me And then, of course, this five-year-old, or this eight-year-old girl, she's like, does God still love me? Does God still love me? The fact that, like... Like, that's what this school has done. Well, we've, we were unusually quiet while Luke was telling that. And I think what you missed, because it, as Jeremiah just learned, it is a audio podcast. All three of us, not Luke, rolled our eyes because it's just so ridiculous. It's so, I just. It just makes me sad. And coming from a religious background, too, like, I understand that, like, 
if it's a religious it is a religious school it's a religious right? school it's a christian so it's a school. religious school yeah. like i went to a religious university i signed the honor code when i went that i was going to live to a certain standard while i was there i get that and that they have their rights to believe what they want to believe and to you know officiate how they want to officiate but this is an eight-year-old girl and like the fact that she left that experience saying does god love me yeah like i can't imagine what experiencing that question at eight years old i experienced it much later in life and especially during my college years at brigham university and that was traumatizing enough in my 20s early 20s and late teens i cannot imagine an eight-year-old going home and saying the school doesn't want me to be there because it's a religious school does that mean that god doesn't love me right if you believe in god and you're a child that should be like the most fundamental thing if anything god is the one person who's not going to abandon you yeah so it just it just makes me sad it's heartbreaking but I, I also, I don't, like that honor code with your, with this university. It's I mean, like, that's a whole other podcast, baby. I know, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, how many of those strides did, like, is it designated to everybody signing this honor code? Oh, because, everybody signs the honor code because it's not, you know, it's a standard of contact all the way. I mean, it, it gets down to meticulous as like, we had to shave every day. We couldn't have any facial hair. Except mustaches, oddly, which at the time in the 2000s, like mustaches were kind of like pervy and weird looking. Now every gay has a mustache and we're like, mm, zaddy. But like at the time <laughs> it was like, ooh. but it was the only facial hair we could grow on campus. So you better believe all those ugly straight boys on campus were growing mustaches because they could get away with it in the honor code. I digress. The point is. I'm sad about this little girl. It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, so it's ridiculous. My thought on it is, well, I have several thoughts. I know you're everyone. I'm thank God you're all sitting because you're all shocked. Um, first thing, <laughs> as a as a lifelong homosexual, uh, gay being when I was a kid, I there were little girls I had crushes on and oh, yeah. little boys I had crushes yeah. on. I probably didn't voice them because back then we didn't see as much gay representation as we do now. So like, so I I knew well enough not to probably voice my my um crushes on boys but when i was in first grade we kept a a daily note like notepad and we were we we wrote a sentence and then we drew a picture about it and i found it and i was going through them and i was like oh i was such a little homo like there was one i was like i love jake jake was another guy in my class <gasps> and i was like mm. and like i love that could i have been thrown out of school for that if someone looked at well the if wrong you way? went to that school you could have and so Number one, like her saying, oh, I have a crush on you. That doesn't make her a lesbian. She's eight. That doesn't mean She's anything. Eight. That's insane. And also like, <laughs> um, are you saying if a little boy to a little girl, I have a crush on you, they're going to make a baby? They're eight. Why are we putting yeah. sexuality on eight children? I don't know. They're like, mm, you can't have a crush on, on her because you two can't fuck and make a baby. Well, they're eight. If it it's... was a little boy and a little girl, guess what? That shouldn't be happening either. And physiologically, it's more than likely not able to be happening. So, like, why is this principle prescribing sexual activity onto these little children? That's, an, that's what they want to say the left is doing. No, the right is, is the right determining is right. how sexual this person can be. It's like gender reveal parties. Oh, my God, this guy has a dick. Let's all think about this growing fetus's dick. What? <laughs> And they're like, you're obsessed with gender. Oh, my God. Really? Because we haven't burned down a state with ours. Oh, my God. You know what? A non-binary person never been like, I'm non-binary. Burn down this forest. (laughs) It's never happened. Yeah. So if we're talking about over-sexualization, it's coming from the Christian right. (laughs) 
It's coming from these insane evangelicals being like, well, a P goes in a V and they're eight and they need to know it. Well, when this little girl can just say, oh, I have a crush on you. And it might just be as innocent as that. And instead of, of nurturing her and, and helping her grow, they're being like, oh, you're going straight to hell. Good luck to you, little eighth grader. Not yeah. eighth grader. Sorry, eight year old. Not even an eighth grader. Second grader. Eight year old. Second grader. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me sad. And it's, and it's so interesting. It's like they. Everyone expects like, oh, well, you know, children can't know their sexual identities this young. But I'm like, but they know that, but they're supposed to know they're straight by well, eight years yeah, old. Yeah, let's talk so about like, that. Why when did won't you, they know if they're gay if they're eight when years did, old? That's the question I want to know. When did you all know you were gay? When was the first inclination you were different? I mean, different. I would have to say different mm-hmm. because gay was a dirty word growing up. But yeah. like, I remember being very young, five, six, seven years old and like, you know, mom is watching Young and the Restless. Mom stopped watching in the Young and the Restless. I know you still watch it. <laughs> but like, I remember seeing like the steamy scene where like the guy had his shirt off and being very attracted to that. And that was my very first inclination that like, I'm attracted to that. I didn't know what it meant at the time. You just wanted to look at it more. I enjoyed looking at it. Yeah. yeah but I didn't know what it meant at the time because I was seven or eight years old, just yeah. like this girl. I would have easily, had I not been maybe in the religious world I was, maybe even expressed that, mm. you know, but. Anyway. Honestly, I don't know the earliest memory. I do remember being in well, like. Well, because you came out of the vagina, you said, ugh. No. Well, I. <laughs> he literally was like, hey, I'm here. He was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> but I do vagina, remember. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was I really rem- terrible. I remember being in like Walmart and just like the underwear section oh, and like yes. that the wall of underwear selection. It's like, oh. That was mine. I remember, actually, I think you may have ripped off my story. Uh, I remember vividly like being four or five and seeing like the men's underwear, like the Hanes models and being like, this feels different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other part of the underwear saga, though, for me was I loved going to the female section and touching like the silky underwear because I loved the texture that had nothing to do with my sexuality and yet probably everything to do with my sexuality. I loved the textures. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> Lots to unpack there. Um, Hi, I'm Jeremiah. I'm a Virgo and I'm single. <laughs> I mean, the silky stuff's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like oh, silk underwear? <laughs> wow. Sorry, we went on a tangent. So billboards are popping up all around the country. <laughs> I think Connecticut had some. Uh, California had some. I think Austin, Texas had some. Sure. And it said, New York City is dead. Don't come back. I love it. Uh, so we're gonna do, this will be a popper. Yeah. Uh, actually, Luke, why don't I explain what a popper is? You can find one on our social media. So it's a quick rush of news uh. information. <laughs> so we're going to give a, a live on a right headline. Now. But uh, follow us at uh, the gays pod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And you will see some some poppers pop up throughout the week that we may or may not discuss also on the show. So this is our popper. Uh, quick thoughts. Luke, go. Um, I'm here for it. Like the billboard or New York City being dead or. Oh, no, the billboard. Like if you left bye, good <laughs> work. Jeremiah, I'm going to take a deep hit. Hold it in. Jesus. And let it out. New York City's not dead, but if you left, it's dead. Don't come back. I'm loving having our rental prices be low. I feel like that's not your first time doing any of that. Um, 
I, I <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think I think like if you've left, stay away. I would love our economy to get back. I don't think New York City is dead. The heart of New York is alive because right. the people are the heart of New York. Exactly. And we are still here and we are still thriving to the best of our ability. Listen, New York City can't be killed. It can't. That's it. Like yeah. if you watched uh Pretends the City, like if you've oh seen any documentary yes. about New York in the seventies and eighties. Uh, what, which president was it that that the headline said like Carter? Wasn't it Carter? Yeah, it was like I, I, I honestly, it'll be a correction next week. I don't know Nixon, but it was oh. like um, what did it say? Uh, New York can drop dead. Yeah, it's like it can't and it won't. So if you fled work, I get it. We all have our own journeys, and and I hope you're happy wherever you ended up. There's there's no shade in that. Um, but implying that New York is dead because some people fled is the most benign ridiculous insane thing that i've ever heard because new york city can't be killed no and like that's it's sort of i think people will say it to be like "Eh, new york city's dead like oh they think they're so cool and the point is we are so cool and you (laughs) wish you could but you never can and that goes for anywhere you live to decentralize this from just new york like everywhere has struggled over the last year and every city has like struggled absolutely but what yeah. makes those cities alive and thriving are the people. people if there are people there living and like trying to make the best of it it is not dead so i say new york city hasn't died columbus ohio hasn't died detroit hasn't died sure chicago like, has you know all these anywhere you know, they're not they're not dead my hometown of windsor california is certainly not dead so, it's undead it's undead everybody <laughs> has already died no just kidding Drag race happened Dead. this week. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, we are a, a mild uh, drag race recap <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, the what bag the fuck? Ball, <laughs> honey. Ball. Everyone loves a ball. A Everybody bull. loves a ball. 36. We're not going to do, do a full recap, uh, no. but I do want to say I did love when Utica said she'd always loved ball culture, but there was no balls yeah, in her town. In her area, oh, and then Tamisha brought out And Tamisha out put the ball. a ball on in the, in the workroom, and I thought so it was amazing. Fun. Also, if you don't know what uh, what ball culture is or what we're talking about when we say a ball, turn this off and go turn on Paris is Burning. Go do we it. We respect and love you. Go Please do it right do. now. Go do it's it. Worth it's, it. Go educate. education. And Black History Month. Go watch yeah. it. Yes. yes. Go watch Absolutely. it. Perfect Black because History the, Month. Because the ball scene is... Documentary. Very predominantly uh, of black and brown people, African Americans. Yeah, like I mean, it is. It, it was is clearly a place culture, for them yeah. to go and and feel like a community, uh, the LGBTQ community of it. And it was and is still an incredibly uh, prolific and influential, influencing not just gay culture but pop culture in general yeah like there i guarantee there are things vogue was like the straightest whitest person in america says on a daily basis that was born out of the ball scene scene. in the 80s and if you need a more commercial version of it watch watch pose Pose. yeah absolutely fantastic um so but essentially when drag race does a ball it's three looks yeah there's a category and they have to do a look per each category uh, and this was the the uh, bag ball. Yes. So there were three categories. One was um, mixed bag. Mixed bag. It had to be a bag pun. Uh, the second one was money bag. Money they bags. had to show it. You know, rich realness. And the last one was uh, a look they had to make 
in the workroom with the time they were given with the products and it was uh, all bag extravaganza elegance extravaganza they provided them with all different kinds of bags Uh, purses they gave them sleeping bags they gave them backpacks they gave them paper bags gift bags shit bags so uh, my first question to you all before we talk about some of the looks was um, what would be your bag pun cats out of the bag i don't know how i would have done it maybe i would have done like kind of similar to lala re like a bag bottom and like maybe a cats the musical outfit coming out on top i don't know <laughs> something but cats out of the bag i did love i will say if you follow you could have done a cat suit with Ooh. like you know like a barrel look with suspenders but instead of a barrel it was a bag okay okay, okay. So like your cat and bag cats out of the bag like, if you do follow like the eliminated queens kimura hall's look was douchebag I mean, that I mean, and it was like it was a incredible. latex, beautiful douche with like blue feathers being the water coming out. I died at that look. I'm sad you didn't get to show it on the run. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Joel? Me? Uh, the first thing that came to mind was uh, bag of dicks. <laughs> could not tell you what I would have done. That could have you been shown done the on Polaroid TV. dress with a bunch of famous Richards. <laughs> Richard Nixon, just yeah. Nixon all over. Bag of dicks. But um, but bag of Richard dicks was the, was the first one I thought of. Okay. Um, Luke, do you have a pun offhand? Like I am sitting here like thinking because that question totally caught me off guard. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, and Luke mystery went bag was I would have done mystery bag maybe grab bag, grab bag love. Uh, favorite, favorite favorite of the bag looks of, like the punny bag looks of the yeah the, the mixed bag looks the mixed bag um rosé's uh bagpipe bagpipe love. was it was so good so i love so smart it. so well done and so like it's of it's representative of who she is where she comes from i th- i think it's great i i 100% agree with you i also really enjoyed got mix um body bag look mm-hmm. and um uh, Simone's fun bags. I oh, ju- Simone's fun bags. That I loved that. I loved the breasts, the yes. Diana Ross. Listen, yes. we and then you when one sh- answer. You can't take up all I'm the good sorry. ones and be I'm like, sorry. well, these are the ones and I then like. When, but then when anyone sh- else, <laughs> then when oh, she- you copied me. <laughs> and then she popped them. That was great. I genius. Thought, yeah. Genius. Jeremiah. I loved Utica Queen's doggy bag. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. With the poodle hair. Yes. <laughs> Loved. I I liked all of her looks, but yeah, the mixed bag look was really cute. Uh, I struggled. So there were looks I liked, and there were puns I liked. Like oh, that's like, true. I love yeah, bag yeah. of bones yes. as a pun. That look was execution really was bad. not great. Bad. Um, bad. I loved Tamisha's uh, old bag. I thought old bag was hilarious. Execution. Her look was great. It was a little no. I don't think her execution was bad. It just wasn't elevated in a way that you'd be like, oh, this is changing. She was giving drag. realness yeah, rather exactly. than elevated drag. Um, yes. Yeah. But love that. Loved love backpacks. Love doggy bag. I thought those were great puns. Uh but I I feel like there's nothing Oh, brown bag, Tina Burners. I, I thought her look was good and yeah. I think her pun was good. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was yeah. her aesthetic. I, I was, was kind of Tina. like eh, but uh well I don't know. I like the mermaid silhouette and I like the um the like bottles at the bottom of it yeah i thought, yeah. It, was, I thought it was good also uh elliot with two t's i was very offended by her pun being gift bag <laughs> i was like you so gotta be fucking nose. kidding me it, <laughs> it wasn't even that the look was bad it just was so basic uh but that it was just, um so the second one was was money um, bag money bags money, um, money money did money. any of them stand out to you I mean, I actually did like Lollaries. I thought the bald look was great. I yeah. loved that dress. I thought the purse with it was great. And I, of course, Rosé. Rosé. We are New York. We love Rosé here in, in New York. And oh, that yeah. Bed Midler look. The Bed Midler look. I was so sad so that they amazing. read her for it. But Which I is insane great. to me. Like, I saw it and I was like, this is so great. And it was sort of like what you said. It was they, She gave too much realness, which I was like, 
No, this is that's drag. Like, that's, that's drag. That was drag. What did but you it was want? Sending like, up massive something. hair? Like it was a it was an homage. I liked it. It was the difference between her and Tamisha Amon, who gave Moneybag's realness of like I'm a businesswoman going mm-hmm. to work, whereas Rose was sending up something and dragged it up. Yeah, you know, with the hips, with the hair, with the outfit. So I don't know. Yeah, I loved that. Like I was I was super annoyed. But okay, the real meat and potatoes of this challenge is the the look you constructed. Yeah. Uh, I'll start. Uh, Lala Ree's constructed look was the worst thing I've ever seen in RuPaul's Drag Race run. And uh, what was that? <laughs> it looked like someone lathered her up in Elmer's glue and she tripped and <laughs> fell into a bag of gift bags. <laughs> And <laughs> popped out and was like, oh, I guess this works. And half of them stuck. But the, And half of them stuck. She just glued them on his whole bags. Like, she didn't do anything to them. It was just... And she was like, man, I ran out of bags. And I'm like, why didn't you cut the bags in half? Bitch, you stole that line directly out of my mouth. No, but I thought that last <laughs> night, bitch. But truly, literally... You could have just cut the bags in half. Because, yeah, you like, covered up the outfit. Essentially, yeah. it was like, oh, I ran out of these, so I had to do this. And it's like, you just glue, you glued whole bags. And if you do that, I would assume you were doing it because you wanted to make it three-dimensional when you opened the bags. But you weren't doing that either. No. It just, it really didn't. The colors were cute. Like, it had potential to go somewhere, but it honestly was terrible. But the concept just in general, like, and the fact that the, if I was doing it, I would have the circles going down. Yes. Ooh. Like the mm. the strap, you know, like a gift bag, the handles. I would have it going down, but they were just up and sort of flopping open. It just didn't like there are sometimes you see a concept and the construction's so bad that you're like, this looks bad, but like I get it. You just yeah. couldn't execute it. This one was like, what were you going for? Yeah. I mean, that was the worst look. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I th- we all, everything, everyone in America, people who have never watched Drag Race and didn't watch yesterday are, are talking to me like. You see that thing? It was rough. <laughs> so other than La La Ray, what looks did you think worked and didn't work? Um, I really enjoyed Utica's sleeping bag. Oh. And it should have. Let's just get it. One. it that's the best thing. I've, ironically, this episode had the best and the worst sewing challenge uh, results. I've ever, it, like, I've never seen anything worse than La La Ray's bag look and i've never seen anything made on drag race look better than utica's sleeping bag the look. cowl it neck was the colors the construction unbelievable yeah. i was like where can i buy that it was i mean it was incredible like it was such a good look she could have brought yeah. that from home it looked like something a designer had made and oh yeah brought to the show and she made it in the same time that Lala Re glued <laughs> bags on herself. While also trying to help Lala Re learn to sew. Yes. Because that was the other thing I loved about Utica. She had no like ego. She came running over being like, this is how you thread this. It's a bobbin. It's your first bobbin. Like, was just so wholeheartedly, genuinely nice and helpful to other queens and still turned out that yeah. look. It was stunning. It was stunning. She's in my top. Uh, who else's looks did you like? I mean, Rosé's look was good, of course. She did a great job all around. Um, I don't even remember what it was. Everyone was talking about Got Mixed look. It was fine. I didn't like it. Sorry, Hot Tate. I know, Hot Tate. I didn't hot like tape. it It was okay. I didn't, it was no, my favorite, though, of the bag looks. I, I really thought it would have been in the bottom, and I don't. I'm not trying. And, and, and Grant, listen, fashion's for everyone. Some people see things that other people don't. Clearly, the majority, like, obviously, the judges and the people that mattered loved it. But for me, looking at it, I just did not like it at all. Like, I didn't like it. Yeah. And, and I think looking like, at Utica's was so universally amazing versus got me. I just didn't like it. And like, to go back to our New York queens, Tina Burner, we love you if you listen. Hope you do. Um, 
love i thought the construction was fantastic because she felt very like offended that they didn't like her dress and i'm like look babe construction fantastic color scheme fantastic i'm sick of the color scheme though I'm i get that you have a brand scheme. and you have like what you I love do you just said color scheme fantastic no in the but sense my problem of like, was color scheme no but in the sense of like those colors go together the con- like the execution of that look was fantastic Absolutely. but we've seen that color scheme on her five thousand other times and it's only episode five and i'm sick of it already and like i get that it may might be your brand but like go outside your brand yes. you gotta go outside your you gotta push it's yourself getting monotonous <laughs> on on drag race it's getting monotonous yeah well because it's so um in your face the color is they're very i'll, I'll be honest i really like i really liked all of tina's looks i thought were really were, yeah. were good but i can i can see the like ever i feel like every queen likes to show up with this like this is my this i only wear this yeah. but in like in a way rose does that she loves to wear her signature pink hair yeah but today we saw her in blonde we've seen her in a yellow like there but are the things that like, she her... knows when to bring it out and when not to bring it out and it it seems like the majority of people are are feeling like i'd love to just see layers of it and i feel like if you want to stay with red and yellow do it but like give a burgundy give a mustard get like Not there, there are colors of like red. exactly there are so many shades of red and so many shades of yellow that if if you wanted to stick with a theme and give like variations on a theme that might be easier to swallow but uh i i wasn't offended by the colors of tina i thought tina's look was really great good absolutely great good it was, it was good and good great. great oh also um elliot with two t's his his constructed look was incredible. Oh, like that oh, yeah. the best thing that I've seen him look cow? on the show. Where on the show? I was stunned. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Two piece with the coat. It was great. Um, so uh, if you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting half the <laughs> half story. The story. And my <laughs> God, wow! Th- I would say this week they should be like, if you're not watching Untucked, why are you watching the show at all? Literally, because there was no drama because they've spent so much time on the 36 looks. That we didn't get into any of the drama, and there was drama this so, week. Let's get into it. Uh, Luke, you said you you love Elliot. I do. Uh, I enjoy her. Yes, I think she's great. Uh, no, I'm not knocking you before. I'm just. I, I want to <laughs> go to you in a second. So the the safe queens. Uh, oh, we didn't actually say this. So the bottom queens were uh, Joey J, um, Tamishi Man, and La La <laughs> Everyone was shocked. Um, with the, the two bottom queens being La La Ria and Joey J and La La Ria sending Joey J home. Uh, the top three queens were, uh, Gottmik, Utica, and Rosé. Yeah. Rose. Um, and as we all have said, Gottmik in the upset of the century. Beat Utica. Beat Utica. So, um, the safe queens, so all the queens we didn't just list, uh, go to the untucked lounge and they're chit-chatting and a lot of, some of them had some strong feelings for being safe, which... I don't know about you guys. We're all not drag queens. But uh, if I was safe, I'd be like, work. See you next week. Exactly. I mean, at this point in the competition, because it's still early, early. I'd be like, I'm safe. I'm good. I'm good. We're good. But you have to remember for them, (laughs) this is episode, what, four or five? Yeah, but. Right? Well, that's for all of us. No, (laughs) but what I mean is they've been there long enough. So it's almost like they're treating the beginning of the competition as if it were week five of the competition when really. This is week two, technically. Yeah. But where yeah, being but... safe in week five is much scarier than being safe in week two. No, but only one person's gone home. It's not like they're going to send three home. No, but that's what I'm saying. Once. They're acting like this is like much farther in the competition where they're like, I can't believe I'm safe. I'm oh, like, the drama. Girl. Yes, the drama. One person's yeah. gone home. There's still 12 of you 
I think safe is fine. You're good. Take a break. Take a break. Take a Candy like, Muse. Have a drink. Loosen your corset. <laughs> what also loosen your corset and have a drink. What happened to their drinks? Oh yeah, poor Bubbly. I'd be it, like, is Bubbly sucks. alcoholic? No. no. That is half the reason that we're getting the drama. I here. think so. They're all just maybe some of them dying are, for a drink. Well, maybe some of them are. Some yeah, but Dry. I got all fourteen queens. Were you never so- know. Thirteen queens were sober. You never the gays. Know. I do know. We bubbly. know Tina Burner. We know Rose. <laughs> Maybe um, they change. <laughs> so okay. So uh, the safe queens go in, and and they're sort of the conversation is about being safe. And uh, Olivia Lux, who is the, this the smile that won't stop, uh, very innocently is like, well, why don't we critique each other? See, and then all hell broke loose. I think Olivia is secretly shady as hell. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen to all of the questions she's always posing. So she's like, so who do you think should have gone home? With a big old smile on her face. Like, I think she's secretly shady. Well, but one, that's another conversation. Yes. One other thing another I would say is, I think in a lot of ways, there is a certain amount of producer um, push. Oh, I'm sure. They're like, Olivia, why don't you ask this question? Right. And so I think sometimes if she's smiling, it could be like, no one's talking. Hey, Olivia, ask the group this. So that could be a half of it too. And then Candy Muse goes, oh Elliot, you suck. <laughs> like literally was like, like actually, pounced on her. Not even that helpful. He, she said, um, uh, you don't know how to read a room and you have a lot of uh, problems and you Wasn't should work about on her that. outfit. And nothing to do with her look, nothing to do with her drag. And it was like, what, the fifth time that she's come for Elliot? For, and I don't love Elliot. Like as Luke, Luke, is a stan. I think she, I, I, she's enjoyable. I, I think she's fine. I'm, I'm not anti-Elliot, but every time I see someone screaming her, I'm like, what is everyone's problem with Elliot? Uh, I hope she goes further. Like, it makes me root for Elliot yeah. more. But still, like, what was that? I don't know. It just, it's just, <sighs> it's insecurity is what it is. Because oh, yeah. that then that was the impetus for the whole rest of the night of Candy Muse going on the attack. Well, okay. So in- oh, God. There's so a couple much. things to unpack there. One is she did not offer a single example. No. And I'll tell you this. I am known to be. And so I'm not setting up candy too much. I, if you put me in a room with a group of people, I will have my arguments. I will be a strong opinion. I think anyone who's listened to this podcast, anyone that knows me knows that about <laughs> what? me. But one thing I will always be able to do is to give an example. If I was like, True. Jeremiah, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to read a room. And you were like, what? I'd be like, because this happened. And then this happened. And then you did this. And we all said this. Like, I would never hold back on giving examples for why I think you suck. Yeah. And she like, didn't have any. And she didn't have one. Any defenses for what she was saying. Except that I'm better than all you all. And oh, God, it was just, it was so cringe. useless. It was cringe. It was like, oh, I'm not even getting into the Misha part. I'm just saying like. There was no oh, just from the start, yeah. use for what you said to Elliot unless you just wanted to be a bitch. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. Like, no. If I have something to say... Well, and then how did Tamisha get involved? Because that was kind of where I... So let's go to that. Fuzzy. So then uh, yeah, the, the safe... The, the not safe queens, the, the tops and bottoms came in. And they are like, oh, who, who was safe? Who wasn't safe? What happened? And Tamisha says, in, in, a sort, in a sort of roundabout way, and there's a lot of over-talking, how she said it was like, listen... I know I don't get along with all of you queens. There's a couple of you I don't get along with, but you guys did great. And I want to give props to you guys. I'm in the bottom and you all did better than me. That was like the overarching oh, statement right. she was making. Yeah. And, mm. and Katie was like, Oh, you're looking at me. And she was oh, like, God. yeah, you're one of the queens I don't get along with. <laughs> Which I love how true. matter of yeah. fact it's Misha Mon is. She just does not have any time. She's, she for doesn't the childish yeah. stupidness. I love it. It was, I mean, but it it. was so like, and then that's when all hell broke loose. Yeah. Where it's like, 
Candy, and she's like, well, what? And she's like, well, I think you're arrogant. And she's like, oh, 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 you think I'm arrogant? Oh, everyone then, thinks I'm arrogant? Yeah, and then and it was like, like, oh, everyone, everyone looks thinks at me in the I'm face. Arrogant. And this is what really has started to set me about my opinions of the cast. Because, like, Rosé, she was so level-headed and sitting there, and she's like, well, come on, you know, like, having a relationship with Katie, she was like, you know you're arrogant. You know you come across this way. And then she's like, well, why didn't somebody say it? And she's like, she just did. <laughs> I was so, that. She's like, but like, she did. It was so, and like, to go from five minutes before being like, Elliot, read the room. You come across oh, this way. To having someone point it out and like blowing your fucking lid. Yeah. And then asking someone why you didn't bring it up before. Well, girl, I think you just answered your own question. Yeah. If you're going to react this way. I'm not going to say anything. Before, while I have something to get done. Why on earth would I even have to say something to you? Yeah. Just, it was just so insane. But like, I stand at Tamisha Mon, man. Just like oh. holding her ground and just not putting up with the foolishness. She's a parent. Oh, no. You can tell. She was like, oh, she is a parent. Like, oh, she yeah. literally could Mom. be my father, you guys. <laughs> and I am the oldest of all three of you here. So, um, but she could be my father because I think she said that her oldest son was my age. And I was like, oh, God, that's great. Um, but yeah, I loved her keeping her ground. And then I loved when those queens went outside and then just got chased by a bee. I was yep. like, it serves you right. <laughs> well, and also like when, t- when Candy was running her mouth and trying to walk around the room and, and Tamisha was just standing in the center and like clapping her hands and pointing to the ground. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't have to chase you around. I can stand here and talk and you're going to hear me wherever you are. Oh my like, God. Work. It just was sad because like Candy really came into the season being strong. I think a lot of people were rooting for her, and like I think she lost a lot of support this week. Oh yeah, and she, and she hasn't been turning it out. No, There's, like yeah. every blue moon she comes out really great, but like had she been turning it out, I maybe could have forgiven it. But like she hasn't been turning it out, and then she comes out being like, "Well, I'm better than all y'all," and like da 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 da. And if you can't serve, that's not my problem. I'm like. But bitch, when have you served? The point, I think, is no one likes a bully. No. No. And I never want to hear you tell me what you can do. I just want you to show me what you can do. And until you show me what you can do, your words don't matter. Actions speak louder And that's words. fucking real. Candy, if you're doing all this, then, then just do it. Just do it. Like. Live. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Gay men. <laughs> um, so uh, let's I think it's time to say goodbye to all our friends and family um, we do want to say briefly uh, a, a sad rest in peace we lost some really uh, prolific incredible artists mm-hmm. this week well we lost Cloris Leachman comedy gold we are going to miss that I- icon icon of comedy yeah. uh, Sophie Zion um, 34 years old Scottish DJ m- music producer musician and uh, transgender icon and she, I mean, she was a pioneer in the music industry. Um, and I've taken too soon. So, yeah. Cicely Tyson also. Um, Last but not least. Uh, incredible. Like, just prolific Ugh. career. Incredible actress. Um, you know. So. I'm uh, so lucky I got that rush ticket to Trip to Bountiful in 2013. Got to see her <laughs> live. What a, just, but what a blessing. She was a blessing and she was a trailblazer. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, rest in peace, all of them. It's. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you uh, on the other side. Yeah. So, um, also, final thoughts. Uh, that Luke, you have one. I do. I want to share a quote that uh, Sophie actually said after coming out as transgender. Um, it means there's no longer an expectation based on the body you were born into, or how your life should play out, and how it should end. Um, mm. I thought that was really beautiful about just kind of transcending one's existence and and doing more 
beyond that, whatever whatever capacity that may be. That's great. Um, so yeah, take I, that with you in this week. I don't have anything that profound, as I say in my Delilah voice. <laughs> Delilah, love, love someone tonight. tonight. <laughs> Hello out there. Uh, I've got the perfect song for you. Uh, Luke, you also were like running your mouth before we started recording about some Super Bowl revelation you had for us. Oh, um, Amanda Gorman is going to be saying another poem at the beginning of the Super Bowl. Oh, thank God. We could use more of yeah, her. Yeah. yeah, which I think is great. So go, go pre-order her book on Amazon. <laughs> Didn't you feel like Liberace was going to be jumping out of a helicopter the way he was talking about that before this? <laughs> he was like, don't look up the Super Bowl. I have, it's going to blow your mind. He did. I and mean, I didn't want to say it, but I guess I will. I already knew like five weeks ago. I did too. Oh, well, like literally day of the inauguration, they're like, and she's going to be Absolutely. at the Super Bowl. They, they did not say they that did at the too. inauguration. If not, it was the day it, after. Yeah. It was, well, you it's can cut been that. Everywhere. It's been a good 20 days. <laughs> oh no, we're keeping it in. Good, it's been a good this 20 is, days. Uh, uh, this has been a PSA about... Um, Copying the link before you share it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Jeremiah, do you have a final thought? Wash your hands and, you know, wear your double mask. Oh, that's what I want to say. Double mask. Now, people, the CDC wants us to double mask. Be very careful out there. We have some mutations. We're not scared of it, but we do want to keep everybody safe so that we can get out of this sooner than later. Mm. So be empathetic. Do your part. Do your part. Thank you. Jeremiah, I always coming for my line. Uh, my final oh. thought, as always, is COVID. <laughs> Twelve episodes in a row. Um, wash your hands. Uh, it's it. As Jeremiah said, it's um, we're not fucking around. Oh, also, I I always say this at the beginning. Uh, Jeremiah has been multi- tested multiple times. Um, his very recent test came back negative, and he hasn't seen anybody except for now yes. us. So we are all still remaining COVID safe. This also, is literally my friend pod. Exactly. Like, these are yeah. the people that I see, which is also really troubling that it took this long, 13 episodes, to get me on the podcast, friends. Are you here now? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so grateful to be here. Jeremiah, as you know, eventually everyone will lower their standards and they'll welcome you in, okay? <laughs> well, that's why you put me on lucky number 13. <laughs> um, I was also tested this week and came back negative. So we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're being, we're taking our precautions. Yeah. Um, so I just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah. Please stay safe. Uh, wear two masks. You've heard it all before. Um, it's not just about you. It's about the healthcare system. It's about uh, all of us. It's about Broadway. And uh, if I can say one thing <laughs> from my heart to you, it's you're not special. <laughs> so stop fucking thinking you are and start caring about somebody else for mm. once in your ugly, hideous life. <laughs> and I love you and thank you for listening <laughs> love Please somebody tonight social media <laughs> write us add us uh, yes please um, um, please find us on social media at the gays pod um, you can also email us at the gays pod at gmail.com um, anything you'd love to hear us talk about on the show um, you know any maybe uh, PayPal funds I don't know can you email us uh, no. <laughs> but you can email us asking for our Venmo. Exactly. And that too. Donate. Um, but really just take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of uh, this world that we all share. Cause you know, it's the only one we got right now. And uh, until next time. Um, bye. Bye.
That's so Raven. She's got some perspicacity. <laughs> it's the Futuragonzy. The Futuragonzy. The mysterious me.